We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music, it's a cast of the famous and fabulous Wharf Review. Please welcome And our panel, Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean and Tahir. And our audience this week, drawn from Maya Kimbarrell, Shell Harbour, Roselle, Bayview and Terrigal. Wow. (laughs) First, as always, the news from nowhere. You love those worms more than you love me, Jocasta says with a stifled sob as I stand at the kitchen counter, chopping up some on-the-turn lettuce for my worms. I'm keen to dice it finally, as I believe that's how the worms like it. Once the children leave home, something must fill the gaping emotional hole. Something must fill the emptiness for some, the situation is dire. So dire, so dire, it results in golf. <laughs> for others, model trains, royal memorabilia, swinging. <laughs> but for me, it's a worm farm. I have it nestled up by the back fence, the mass of worms chewing through all our compost. All my unfulfilled parenting urges are being expended on this black plastic tower full of writhing wrigglers. According to the manual, if handled correctly, right temperature, right food, the regular addition of a special supplement available at some cost from the manufacturer, I could end up with as many as 20,000 worms. That's one hell of a family. I've only lost two sons. (laughs) They prefer the vegetable matter shredded, I tell Jocasta. They are tiny little things. You can't expect them to tackle half a head of lettuce. I then smile indulgently at the thought of my happy baby worms, as one might smile when introduced to a particularly cute grandchild. Speaking of which, I have tried to encourage the arrival of an actual grandchild, but to no avail. Shopping with my older son in hardware hell the other day, I offered to pay for anything he needed for his new house and Batboy selected some star posts, some chicken wire and a clothesline, placing them in the large hardware hell trolley. I added a baby night lamp (laughs) and a portable cot, only to find they'd been removed by the time we arrived at the checkout. Talk about (laughs) passive-aggressive. And so I am left with the worms. I fish around the crisper drawer and I find some wilted broccoli, which I begin to finely slice. Jocasta peers at the cutting board. Are you sure that broccoli is ready for the bin? It looks fine to me. You are basically giving my dinner away to those bloody worms. Next will be a couple of the $4 avocados. I glance over at the avocados, perched in a bowl on the kitchen bench. Actually, my worms would love them, all smushed up into a robust guacamole, using that new Rick Stein recipe from the Mexico cookbook. It's delicious. I make a mental note to avoid adding onion, as apparently they don't like it. I head out into the backyard, taking the worms their dinner. I lift up the lid and carefully distribute the scraps into the writhing sea of animals. The surface pulses with life. They look grateful for the new delivery. I add a bucket of water, making use of rainwater from the tank that comes off the shed. Jocasta wanders up behind me as I pour it in. So let me get this straight. The tap water is good enough for us, but you are saving the tank water for the worms. Well, I say to Jocasta, tipping in the rest of the tank water, I just think they might prefer it. There's a slight hint of chlorine to the tap water, don't you think? (laughs) Jocasta shakes her head sadly, but it's not as if Jocasta can talk. Three days after the last child left, she developed an interest in bird-watching. When I first met her, she was normal. Now it's, oh, look, it's a kingfisher, or that's a rather rare sighting of the lesser-spotted titwarbler. She hasn't studied a book or done a course. The ability to identify obscure birds has simply arrived. 
complete and fully formed. It's like living with Chris Bath. <laughs> oh, look, she says at this point, it's a butcher bird on our fence. Yeah, well, I say, it's not getting close to my worms. It can forget it. We stand in the gathering dusk, Jocasta admiring the bird, me standing in front of the worm house, arms crossed like a nightclub bouncer. We have little more to say to each other. Perhaps Bat Boy would care for another trip to hardware hell. And that's the news from nowhere. Uh, we have Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean, Tahir, welcome. Thank, Thank you for coming in. Thank you. I'm going to check that you're up with this week's news. Mm-hmm. Uh, who hit a snag mm-hmm. when they tried to introduce some sizzling new rules? Who hit a snag? Well, this is the uh, story of the Bunnings debacle where uh, someone you know, orders something and it, the onion, the cooked onion fell on the floor, mm-hmm. someone slipped over it, tried to sue and then Bunnings said, no, we need, to, uh, we need to change the way we do the onion. Yeah, that's right. Well, put it on top. Put it on, put top, it on, put it on bottom rather than top. Yeah. yeah, and this is like the debate, um, cream or jam. This is, is very, very similar. Everyone knows that you spread the jam first and then dollop the cream on top. Except Everybody. for. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> it, depends on whether it depends on whether you're from Dorset or Cornwall. That's right. And I want to know what Bunnings you're going to <laughs> that you're getting scones and jam. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know I what? mean, that's got to be the most yuppie. <laughs> is, is, that, is this the Springwood Bunnings? <laughs> from Balgala. <laughs> um, he just admitted he's moved into the northern beaches, which no, no, I've been ruining there for a while. his entire been, act. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I know my jokes from Bankstown, but like, I've been there for a while. Yeah, now, I, think, I think this is really pathetic. This whole thing is so pathetic. Where is Australia's pioneering spirit? We're getting <laughs> soft, aren't we, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. I went to the home. I looked up this on the internet. Went to the home of sausages, Germany. I looked up there to see if there was any record of anyone slipping on sauerkraut and damaging their knackwursts, and there weren't any, so maybe Bunnings needs to grow a pair of onions. That's what I read. Thank you. I mean, Tommy, even the Prime Minister was asked about this on an overseas trip. And he should have taken it more seriously. (laughs) He wrote it off that it could go anyway. Uh, I think the real issue here is not the top or the bottom of the onion. It's the fact that everybody is giving the sausage on a flanky piece of white bread. Mm -hmm. You put that in a proper bun made to hold a sausage properly, and the onions on the bottom or the top will stay inside the receptacle that a sausage was meant to sail in. What, you American keep giving bun. us on a bread that is pre- actually pretending to be a paper plate. <laughs> the thing that worries me here, I don't think our Prime Minister is uh, equipped here to talk about the diversity of what we can eat in this department anymore. You know, he doesn't really represent Australia when he talks about, you know, as Tommy says, white bread, horrible, you know, sawdusty sausage. Like in Mossman, it's a chicken and tarragon sausage on non-gluten yeah. bread. <laughs> in Vaucluse, it's a pork truffle on brioche. <laughs> on the northern beaches, it's a protein and carb combination with a garnish of 10,000 steps. <laughs> and in the inner west, it's some kind of vegan thing made with walnuts on hashtag spelt and millet loaf. <laughs> but did you know, I went on another website to have a look at the varieties of snags that you can buy in Sydney. Did you know that there is actually... A, a crispy duck sausage, mm. buttered chicken and yogurt sausage, what? Mexican taco sausage, really? and you can actually buy, and this is true, a beef Vegemite and cheese sausage. My, my, my favourite thing on all this is this, this guy rang up uh, James Valentine's show here in Sydney, mm. and he said he he you know he does he, th- he thinks the, the the sausage is bad for you you know because yeah, it's yeah. a hive. So he gets the sausage in the bun, then he goes into the Bunnings. <laughs> Garden centre, and he picks bits of lettuce off all the. And he says he doesn't destroy one plant because that would be unfair. He just picks one bit of lettuce off each plant. And if there are any tomatoes around, he pulls one of those off and he gets a nice salad and I'll, snag sandwich. I, I would love to see, I would love to see this in the movies myself. You know, the good guy's running away, the bad guy's chasing him, and all of a sudden the good guy gets his bum bag open, pulls out some cooked onions, <laughs> throws it behind him, 
<laughs> the bad guy slips all over the place. Yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good. And I'm with you. Yeah, this is great. And if you're going to get injured anywhere, it's a perfect place to get injured. Bunnings, yeah. right? You know, crutches aisle seven, right? <laughs> Lawyer aisle one. It's perfect, right? It's a perfect place to get injured. They could do it in James Bond, couldn't they? You could go yeah, yeah, into uh, no, the, 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 the lab and it's a, here's your poison pen, <laughs> here's your shoe phone, here's your bag of onions. <laughs> cooked <laughs> onions, cooked onions. Um, now, who, uh, who has launched... Sorry, so, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I just got really hungry. Sorry. Drew Forsythe, where did you get that sausage sandwich? Is it authorised and has it got the, yes. tomato, has it got the onions on top? Or? Actually, it hasn't got any onion in it. I'm sorry well, about that. It's un-Australian. Can you see if any of the wharfers have anything to add on this topic? Have you given this any thought, Jonathan? This uh, the sausage debacle? It's open uh, to... No. Well, what did Bismarck say? Diplomacy is like a sausage. It's... Best if you don't see what goes into it or how it's made. <laughs> Certainly true of the bunning sausage. Uh, who has uh, launched an entente discordial? Oh, well, this is uh, Mr Trump meeting Mr Macron, correct? <laughs> oh, you do that rather well. It's quite, quite Merci sexy. Beaucoup. It's quite sexy when she does But, Macron. you know, I, I don't really, um, I, you know, obviously there's been an antipathy between these two countries for a while. We remember, don't we, Tommy, the... Uh, Freedom Fries incident, Mm. the cheese-eating surrender monkeys. This was all back in Iraq in 2003. So, um, but I've got a little bit of uh, sympathy with Donald Trump on this one. Uh, Now, this is... Write that down. It won't happen all that often. But really, I mean, look, who hasn't been in a restaurant in Paris, tried to order a steak in French and ended up with a fried telephone book? (laughs) All of us have got some sympathy here. And we just saw... We saw Macron tried to break his hand, Donald's hand, and he's not a young man by any means, Mm. Donald. Mm. And also then you would have seen their pictures and Macron leaned over and and grabbed Donald's knee without Mm. asking and Donald must have been thinking, hey, I'm the one who grabs people (laughs) without asking around here. Would you leave it to the professionals? But Trump Trump says to Macron, if it wasn't for the US Army, you'd all be speaking German. That's a bit rude, isn't it? Yeah. It's very rude. And you know what, Wendy, I agree with you. Yes. Here are words I thought I'd never say on this program. I'm with Trump on this one also. Yes. I am, I'm, the French, well, you can, look, the, the French think they're so They, they live on the northern beaches. They know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they typical arrogant French reply, like, you know, they think, oh, everything. You put the word French, French in front of anything, like, oh, French wine, all of a sudden it sounds so good. French fries, oh, my God, yes. They invented cutting potatoes into small pieces and frying them. Yes, nobody, no other country thought of that, <laughs> right? Um, they reckon the French people make the best lovers. Do you agree? No, the Chinese make them cheaper. And, uh, the, the, <laughs> and French kissing, what is French kissing anyway? What is that? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll show them. No, I haven't done French kissing. <laughs> Thank you for asking, though, audience member. Hey, you know where it comes from. I'll I tell have you. done Australian kiss, which is just like a French kiss, but down under. <laughs> <laughs> you asked, you asked, not me, I didn't. That is the oldest joke. Tommy, has he gone too far this time? <laughs> Your mate, Trump. It, oh, uh, it feels like I always worry when he wanders into the realm of old school stand-up. Mm-hmm. It just feels like he's recycling all the jokes. None of it makes any sense. Half of it was misconstrued to begin with. Uh, you know, Macron was not saying that he wanted to build an army to fight the U.S. <laughs> so he was already flying. How oh, dare you say you'll fight us? I bet you would have lost to Germany. <laughs> and then I find any relation or any argument from Trump in an angry tone defending the service difficult uh, given his uh, service record mm-hmm. uh, with the army. With the bone spur. Yeah, the whole that. bone spur yeah. game could have yeah. been. And then even just the way he handled himself while he was there uh, during the Armistice Day celebrations was difficult. Because he didn't go to the ceremony. Yeah, because it was raining. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was raining. But that rain, can, that rain can bring on your bone spurs. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I, can't, oh, I can't say it. But if you, if you want old-style style, uh, you know, jokes about the French, the, the, you know, the, he missed the classic, didn't he? The classic is the newspaper and second-hand goods, and it says French World War II rifle for sale. <laughs> Never been used. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they missed that one. And I, but I don't. I can't remember because I wasn't born, and I didn't study that well. But did America save the war, or did we yeah. come in late? They, they were a little bit late. They were just a little bit late. That's what it feels like from my history classes. It just feels like you know we came in, 
kicked a goal, and then like claimed we kicked all the goals. <laughs> so I think we have to be careful. The, the Russians did do a fair amount of heavy lifting. Yeah, that's what I think. And see where they are now? Hmm. They don't have any fries named after them. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of very good photographs of Trump, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, who's been... Uh, final question from this week's news. Who's been left waiting for the end of the rain? Not an Australian farmer. Who is it? No, this is uh, this is this is this is one of my favourite stories in the whole lifetime that I've been alive. <laughs> What's it like to be the prince, prince that Charles. never gets to be the king? Yeah. Prince Charles. I've been hearing about Prince Charles. I, you know, I remember where I was was when he married Lady Diana, just like everybody else did. It was the first big real influx of royalty into America, and the idea that he, any moment. He would be the king of England. And oh, any moment. And then, since then, I've had two wives, lived in three different countries. <laughs> I've had quite a rich and unique life while he is set still waiting. Well, he's had two wives too. Yeah, oh, good on him. Yeah. Wait a minute, does that mean I'm in line? <laughs> is, that the, is that how it works? Oh my God, I can't wait to go home and tell my wife. I must might be the king. <laughs> And then surely, I don't know how it works now. Does it skip him? Like, is he still technically in line? No, he's in line. He's in line. It doesn't skip. You can't just skip. You have to abdicate. And and there's this view that, oh, because the the young princes are more popular, that it's... It's not a democracy. No. Well, that's true. That would be the case if it were a democracy. It's not their turn. Mm. No. Well, I asked that because, you know, it's, you know, off subject, it's a tad, but in America, you know, we uh, just, uh, Donald Trump just gave a new attorney general the reins uh, by not following the right of succession. Uh, he, he skipped down to the popular prince, so to speak. And um, I just wondered if you could do that. No, you can't. Uh, did, did you feel some sympathy? No, well, look, you know, I mean, Prince Charles has said that he is, when he becomes king, he's not going to intervene in politics or all that kind of thing anymore. Did you read that? Because yeah. he was but a I, bit of an intervener earlier. Well, yeah, he has with been. architecture <laughs> and all, you know, and he's great. He's an organic gardener. And all that. But I really hope he keeps intervening on all things green and sustainable. I'd love to see him on his way to inauguration getting down to Westminster on a hemp-powered bicycle, wouldn't you? <laughs> Stopping on the way to talk to the flowers, that kind of thing. And um, maybe sending his Christmas address from a solar-powered yurt. I reckon that Right. I would really like to see that, wouldn't you? Well, look, this—I would love to see that, of course. But this reminds me of the position. Uh, a lot of people out there, my position, and a lot of other people, but very prevalent in the ethnic communities. Yeah. Because you get the talk. My parents would sit out for the talk. Sit mm-hmm. us down, right? Sit us down. One day, this will all be yours. <laughs> the double-story house, the cash hidden in the roof. <laughs> The investment properties, the land back in Turkey, the gold, the shares, it will all be yours. And the thing is, they just won't die. <laughs> <laughs> so you are, you are basically Charles. <laughs> I, I, I love the uh, speech where um, the, the Queen said about Camilla Parker, the woman who sustains him. I just love that. What a great word to use. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Like, she is the lady that sustains Prince Charles. Well, she... Feeds him, I don't know. Sustain quarters. <laughs> she looks after his worm farm, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. We have Wendy Harmer, Tommy Deans are here, and the Wharf Review, ladies and gentlemen. Cast yeah. the Wharf Review. Rachel Beck is here with her glorious voice. So is Jonathan Biggins, Drew Forsyth and Douglas Hansel. I don't mean to imply that they don't have glorious voices too because they do. But we're not using them today. No, but no. <laughs> luckily oh, well, Rachel now. is. But if now, you do come to the show, you will see the Queen in the gardens of Buckingham Palace. Who, who gets to play the Queen? Oh, Drew. Yeah. How, how's that? You're it's the right age for it. No, blind. So, yes, I am the right age for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to a question, really. How do you divvy up? The roles, because I, I've got a feeling, actually, that Douglas has got all the tough ones. He's got, he's got Barnaby, haven't you? I've got Barnaby. Thankfully, I look a lot like him. So, <laughs> no, I don't. I hope I don't. Um, You've got Peter Dutton. Yeah. Peter Dutton's quite fun to do, though, actually. He's just Everything's just sort of down there and, and very monotone. So, you know. <laughs> and you've got ScoMo. And I've got ScoMo, yeah. Gee, you've, you've really lucked out, <laughs> haven't you? Right. Yeah. The trifecta. Yeah, boring well, old white men. I've got Donald Trump and Tony Abbott. What are you complaining about? <laughs> How do you choose who gets which one? Well, well, he, he kind of looks like ScoMo a bit. Oh! oh. And he sounds like him. And, and he did Hasn't the ABC got enough defamation actions against him? <laughs> yeah. He did it about four years ago. Yeah, I did, I did so. it. This, but this time, some ScoMo's singing about his... Nightmares. Yeah. So how do you do it? Like, so let's take ScoMo for an example. Do you, do you watch the telly? What do you do? 
Oh well, no, you sort of um, the the one that I did was I I, I looked at the, uh, the the speech he made with uh, Joshy. Uh, as the next generation of Liberal leadership, what Josh and I are here to tell you is that we're on your side. <laughs> and, that was, and that was basically where I started from. Uh, everything's, I've noticed that with conservative men, I don't know what it is, but Kevin Andrews, um, Scott Moss, they all talk out of the, side of the, the left side of their mouth. I don't know what... Like, Kevin Andrews does it as well. He sort of... And it looks really... But they, they all do it. I don't know if they're kind of like trying to... This, the, the, that's why the truth slips yeah. out or something. I'm not even sure. <laughs> Eric Abetzer doesn't talk out of the side of his mouth. He talks out of his... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> Jonathan Biggins, you're still... Uh, you're, uh, all the audiences are already saying, still, the Keating is your masterpiece. Well, yes. No, Paul, Paul does make an appearance. Um, he didn't actually initially, but uh, Drew had to pull out after about four shows, and he was doing Pauline... Hanson, mm-hmm. uh, and so we had to drop that monologue, so I thought, oh, we better get something to replace it. So I wrote a quick uh, poll reflecting on the sort of state of leadership in the country and the fact that, you know, many people have been born in this country who have never actually seen a leader. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Paul just pops in to remind them of what one looks like. <laughs> What's the crucial thing of getting Paul right? Uh, well, as he, as he gets older... The, the, the funny thing about um, <laughs> Keating is if, if you are in a room with him, it's now almost impossible to hear him. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't really do that. And, and also, if you spoke at that pace, we'd still be there <laughs> now. So you've got to, you know, kind of pick it up a bit. But, uh, no, it's just the language. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's such a fun character to write for because he can say anything and he gets away with it. And uh, a friend of mine brought his 90-year-old mother to the show in Canberra and she said, I've never liked Paul Keating until today. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that kind of... That sums it up because... Even when we're in the in the heartland of, of uh, you know Warringah with uh, Tony Abbott's electorate, the people there were going, "Oh yeah, please come back, anyone, <laughs> come back. anyone who can last longer than three years and actually has a vision and is prepared to do something that is not necessarily popular." But they had the advantage; they they were in government before the internet. They were in government yeah. before Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they're able to do things that um, stretch no, beyond no, no Friday. No 24-hour news cycle. Exactly. Well, did you have a, talking about recent things, did you have an argument about who gets to do Trump? You, you won, I noticed. But... I, I did get to do Trump, um, and that's a, a mixed blessing. Uh, I, I, you know, you think, oh, why give him the oxygen? Uh, I think he is one of those people, if you ignore him, he will go away. But the, the amount of press he gets is out of all proportion to his importance, really. Um, but he's... He's fun to do and, you know, it's basically just... I just watched, I think it was um, Jimmy Fallon. He just came out and said, Donald Trump. That's it. That's all you have to do. So Donald is on a quest to become a leader for life. So he meets Silvio Berlusconi, gives him a few tips. Um, But if you you look at the list of characters that somebody has to do, it's Rachel that's got the impressive list. She starts out with Malcolm Turnbull. She goes to Gladys Berejiklian. She's got Stormy Daniels. She's got Melania. She's got Michaelia Cash. Sarah Hanson Young, Theresa, Theresa May, May That's and right. she does a plastic rope. I'm the lucky, the lucky girl in the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gladys Berejiklian does a tap dance about infrastructure. She certainly does, that's, with a stop that, sign yeah, and yeah. a vis, high-vis vest on. That's, that's got to be but worth it. I didn't a... bring my tap shoes today, unfortunately. <laughs> that's the price of admission right there. What's, yeah. Which was the hardest to do? Which was the easiest? Oh, gee, that's, that's a really difficult question. I think Malcolm perhaps was the hardest because I am the, the principal boy who's played traditionally by a young girl, and so I have to... Because it's a kind of Cinderella version of it. It's a Cinderella version of it, but I still have to really um, have an impression of of Malcolm. So she she dances and she, you know, puts up with Peter Dutton, but... um, Prince Charmless. uh, Prince Charmless, (laughs) yes, he's Prince Charmless. And the fairy godfather, Christopher Pine. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, that's true. And the wicked stepmother, Tony Abbott. Yeah. (laughs) Really, yeah, and, it's fun. Uh, yeah, Erica Betsy and um, <laughs> Kevin Julie Andrews. Kavina Julie Andrews, yes. <laughs> you guys, you people have had too much fun doing this. Well, now, you're gonna, great. You're going to sing for us. What are you going to sing? I'm going to sing a song entitled Infrastructure. 
But Gladys comes on and sings with her uh, her stop sign. Uh, so uh, let's give it a go. <laughs> Here we go. Rachel Beck with the cast, Jonathan Biggins, Drew Forsyth and, and Douglas Hansel from The Wharf Review. It plays at the Ros Packer Theatre here in Sydney until December 15. All those mockers who complain that all of our roads are chockers Let me tell you they are the loudest knockers Of the plans that I'm pushing through my manifesto we're spending massive amounts which we will keep amending and the date of completion may be depending on a Spanish contractor who thinks they can go slow West Connects is here to stay you pay your toll you're on your way infrastructure no debating it I'm creating it now I'll build a light rail to Kensington, adding one foot every day. I'm building freeways that cost a ton, not strictly free, you'll have to pay. It's up to me, cause Mike Bed signed off on them. He should be the one you condemn. But I'll build a metro to Castle Hill and a northwest motorway. Oh, Put the ads on the Opera House At 2GB's request Some say I cave like a timid mouse But we need votes in the West And Clover Moore can whinge as much as she likes Sure, she filled the city with bikes But I'm bringing gladness to everyone In my hard hat and my vest Oh, I'm Build old Sydney town Just you watch those scaffolds rise I'll let developers knock it down And I won't apologise Run out of room The place is covered in dust Boom! And half the shops have gone bust If I don't build a light rail to Kensington It might be mighty Rachel Beck, ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Beck. Please also thank Jonathan Biggins, Drew Forsyth and Douglas Hansel from the Wharf Review. Thank God it's Friday on your radio. We have Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean and Tahir. Now, news this week that engineers working for Netflix, this is true, they've devised a new way for customers to choose a show without using a remote. Just staring at a button on the screen lets you select it while sticking... It's true. While sticking out your tongue takes you back a step. <laughs> now that we can use facial expressions to control our various home appliances, what systems would you like to see in place? Tommy... I'm not sure I am on board with this. <laughs> what? Well, I, it feels like it's focused on a lonely person who lives by themselves. I can see my Netflix screen now with four sets of eyes staring at four different buttons. <laughs> four sets of tongues poking out. Four sets out. of tongues poking out. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I would, I want, what facial expression do I make? That says, Netflix, why the hell would you pick that movie for me? <laughs> That's every one that comes up. I want that button. No, why would you suggest that? Because you watch this movie, here's a documentary you might be interested in. I've never watched a documentary in my life. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I like the, I've been a big fan, though, of the, the iPad's uh, touch swipiness. Oh, yeah. So I, and I like the. <laughs> but you'd have to get up off the couch. No, 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 no. I don't mean like literally touch the screen. I, I like the, the little. The sort of you know royal dismiss with the wrist, you know. I would instead of I want to stick my tongue out, but a little flick of the wrist to the right. Oh no no no! Bring me the next one. No, you really no, do dog. want to take up uh, after Prince Charles, I mean, don't you? Well, I'm yeah. next in line. Yeah. <laughs> and then like when there's a movie I want, I'll give it a little wave, look back and forth. 
Oh, I'll watch that. Like the Queen from a yeah, Carriage. Yes, I will. Yeah. And I'll talk like that too. It's <laughs> good. Oh, good. You it's can do this with you. the fridge, the washing machine. You could do you operate all these appliances. Oh, I, I, would, I don't know why gestures though. Why simple voice uh-huh. feels like enough. My my new so what wash- you just shouted. My washing the- machine is so dynamically smart now that the only thing I have to do is put the lid down. Mm-hmm. Like that's the start button. You just put stuff in. But what, how do you select between... No, it knows. <laughs> it knows. But it, what about delicates? No, it knows. How to call. It somehow reads everything, and you, and you see the imprint come up. I see now delicate. Setting for two kilos, I will use one-third of the water necessary. Please go I make I cannot me a believe that your washing machine is so smart that it can tell whether you've got lace on Are you insulting my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, what do you think of this new technology? I'm I'm really glad that they're coming up with these gesture things because it's so exhausting pressing the button on the remote. (laughs) Oh, isn't it just so hard? Can you imagine, Richard, I don't know whether you've got this in your book, The Land Before Avocado. Do you talk about remotes? Well, we well remembering the old days. You know, I tell my kids, we actually had to get up from the couch and walk over and switch on. No, Mum, you did Yes, we did. The only good thing about that is there were only two stations and everything <laughs> on those two stations was shit. So that was good. And even better, if the kids said what's on the TV, you could say a pot plant on a TV guide. <laughs> Because it had a surface. You know, I mean... Doily, I, kid, doily. We, we were the remotes. Yeah. I was my that's dad's it, remote. That's it. I'll get up and change get the, and change, uh, the channel. And while you're up, get a beer with your son. Yeah. You know. And get your sister to hold the aerial so we can get a picture. <laughs> that's it. Up on the roof. No, if, it's if you're snowing. Wondering why no, so, it's, it's good now. No, it's yeah. not. It's good. No, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're wondering why so few Australians won a Nobel Prize in the 60s, it's because our education was marred by having to hold the remote control so the parents that's could watch Bellbird. That's exactly right. But, you know, the other thing, too, is I don't know how this is going to work because uh, when, I, when I'm watching TV with my daughter, I'm already going, oh, and my eyes are rolling back in my head. I'm going, oh. And I, and I bet you, and I'm sitting there going, this is crap, you know, and um, I bet you that's going to be the sign for more Bachelor and Bachelorette, and that's all I'll ever going to watch, you see. That'll be the code for that one, that program. I love maybe that that's why you're getting so many documentaries, Tommy. Maybe the set saw you rolling your eyes. At the well, what I'm worried about too is because it now it's only talking about selection. What about the actual controls of the film? You know, pausing or rewinding or, fa- or fast forwarding, and and what if it starts to read your algorithm of how you treat things? Like, what if I'm watching something sexy with my wife, and then suddenly it just automatically pauses at a certain nude scene? Yeah. And I'm like, why did it do that? I don't know why it did that. <laughs> and then she finds out that. I they know that I always pause for five seconds at the yeah. <laughs> But, you know, there might be another gesture that you're talking about. Well, that's what I mean. A little bit further yeah, down. Next yeah. thing you know, I'm all fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. And, of course, all her delicates have been ripped to shreds totally by the washing machine. That's shocking. And that's why I'm all for this. I, I, I should quite love this. Um, my parents had this ability anyway, already. Like, yeah. Mum would stare at clothes lying on the ground and then stare at us. <laughs> and the clothes would just disappear. Yeah. Suddenly. And I tried this the other day. Like, I stared at Tim Tams yeah. for ages until one by one they just started disappearing. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> it was incredible. Should try it. Yeah. It was just... <laughs> and it could be. You're like the Yuri Geller of Tim Tams. <laughs> I am. Just... And you could use this. Bend like... them to your will. You could I use this. It's a funny point, though. It's like a tipping point, I think, especially with children. Like, I had a bag of, uh, you know, mini chocolates. Uh, they were sitting on the kitchen counter, and they weren't opened, and I made a point that I had bought them for me. And, it, and they stayed there for two days, just sat quietly, until I opened them and took one out, and then they all were gone. <laughs> That's it. That I broke count. the seal. <laughs> Job done. The system would be so good. Tommy, you touch on it. You can, you can use it for sex. Like You didn't have to even go through it. Just stare at each other. That's it. Mm. Bang. Blink. Climax. Over. Back to Netflix. I love that. <laughs> uh, That'd be so good. How much time would this save? You are so lazy. Thank you. <laughs> I made the Tim Tams disappear, Brandy. Come on. Are you ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? The wheel of death. When our lovely audience came in here, uh, they threw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Pilates. Pilates. 
Pilates. Is that right? I know, but I just like the way it Pilates. sounded when you said it. Zumba. Pilates. Pilates and Zumba. Oh. Thanksgiving. Chrysanthemum. Eureka moments. Oh. What? Yeah. Pescatarians. Yeah. Okay, oh. the people who eat only fish. Okay. Ice cream. Honey. What? Yeah. Braillet. Bracelet. Bracelet. Tool. <laughs> Zucchini. Misspelt. 13-year-old boys. Cornish pasty. Dad jokes. And we're back to Pilates. Which fill you full of fear, Tommy Jane? First off, <laughs> spelling is, is an art. <laughs> and I don't know why everybody's so rigid about it. You knew full well that that said zucchini. You knew it said I did, zucchini. Actually. I did. It's the only thing that starts uh, with Z. I, I don't, I, zucchini it strikes me as a flavorless, useless waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the worms like it. Yeah, the worms do like it. Around and around and around it goes. When it stops, where it stops, no one knows. Today's topic is dad joke. Oh, well, I don't know. Call it. What do you one? reckon? Well, Cornish pasty, it's sort of, ooh. Let's go to the audience. What do you reckon? I reckon Cornish dad jokes. Which, which? <laughs> where are we? Dad. Oh. Sort of there. What about a joke of a pasty? Here's my concern. Okay, I want and you to I knew dad I almost didn't write it down. Pasty. I almost didn't write it down because dad jokes is like, you're like the king. You're Thank like, you. You're like Thank the you. province. In fact, we already saw three of them in that last segment. Yeah. yeah. Thank um, you. And I don't have any. Like, people always say, oh, you must, as a comedian, you know, you must have a lot of dad jokes. I said, no, no, no. No. My, yeah. I don't. How long's dinner? Eight inches. It's a sausage. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, I just want, I just want to turn, why don't you take this wheel of death for the once? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Glover yeah. with eight of his greatest dad jokes. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any. Because like, I get mad. What my problem is, I think the dad, the secret of a great dad joke is that it should be, it should be obvious. And then enough that the child groans at the obviousness. But you teach a little lesson underneath it. You know, we learn the variants of different words. Uh, but I can't work out if it's new generation or my kids just don't listen to me. <laughs> but like uh, as an example, and I don't know if these are, these are traditional dad jokes, but my opinion of what they would be. Uh, we drove past the petrol station uh, this morning and the, the tanker was sitting in the... Mm-hmm. In the and, I, and then we drove, I looked up and went, oh man, leave some for the rest of us. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that is good gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then that's uh, top quality. I know. And then I looked over, and then she had, she not only like I didn't get a groan, I got like no reaction. What? I know. Well, luckily, right at the top of that street is a roundabout, so I took the roundabout, <laughs> and I came back down. And then as we went past it, I was all like, "Hey, leave some for the rest of us." <laughs> and then what was worse at that point is and the whilst driver. Whilst you're on the roads, of course, if you see if you see a sign saying "dip ahead," you can say, "Oh, I should bring my jats." No. <laughs> Nice. Well, the one we have is, uh, it says... Uh, oh, God. Can I get off at yes, please? <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you telling me there are no mom jokes? Is there, is there no motherly... Uh, no, we're very, very serious. Everything we say is meant to be listened to with great gravitas. We're not joking. I'm not joking with you. I am perfectly serious. That's what mom. That is actually that is a fine point because my wife says pretty much the same thing, (laughs) a lot. And then my dad joke is, you know, your mom's never told a joke. I don't know why she has to tell you that she's not telling a joke. (laughs) She doesn't. She doesn't. Does she like it when you say that? She doesn't do jokes. Oh, I would never say it to her. (laughs) I like my clothes to be clean. But is he, uh, yeah. I think the difference, I think the, can I explain what I think the difference is? Yes. I think the role is in parenting the child is that when, when a, when a mm. child, a, a child has, looks at uh, their father, mm. when they're three, four, five years old, they look up to their father and they think their father is a god and they think their father is perfect. The role of the dad joke is to disabuse them of that notion <laughs> and convince them that actually the dad is a mere mortal and therefore <laughs> get them used to the idea that the world is more complex than mm. they thought it was. Now, of Not course, a- the mother is quite different because the mother remains an icon yeah. forever. Yes, that's right. And, has, and it gets never, you never need to understand that she's imperfect because she's not. She's mm. quite right. Oh. You just explained it perfectly. It also feels like a better plan because I was aware of the, of the godlike nature that had to be disabused, uh, but I, I didn't think to use humour to do it. I just, just failed to pick him up from preschool quite often. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which I think, in one way, showed them yeah. the same message. Gee, you're a good dad, yeah. How thoughtful of you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Petrol station, some guy took all the gas. <laughs> But they're quick. The problem is, I, don't, they, I think they, you know, they, they appear naturally in life. So I know there's like a set piece, all these set pieces, but I don't keep them. I'm trying to, that's my hardest part with this talk right now. Is I can't think of any that I've said recently, except for the petrol thing, because that happened this morning. Okay, can I get... I'll do no, please do. Okay, okay. Please, I can't so you, you come home, you come home, um, you know, you're a working, a working fellow in an office, and uh, you sit down on the, with the white, pa- the white plate there, and you let your um, uh, neck attire dangle on the plate, and you say, I'm having Thai for dinner. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of you are having. Can I explain why that would never work for me? Because you've got, not got a tie. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke my kids used to laugh at. Like on the, um, the, uh, the, 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 what's it? The, the, the planet, like the, anyway. Um, <laughs> this is a nearly, what we call a nearly dote. Yeah, it's sorry, not sorry. quite an anecdote, but it's nearly. The Tom Tom, Tom Tom, right? Oh, okay. So we're going there, and the Tom Tom said, Bear left in 100 metres. Oh, my God, there's a bear on the left uh, in 100 metres. That's good. That's good. That's excellent. But, what are talking about? But the kids, nothing. What? That's a dad That's not a dad That's quality. <laughs> that is, a, you know, we have this conversation This is the thing, too, the umbrage that happens when the kids don't laugh at the mm. joke is part of the deal, I think. Yeah, that's right. It's got to, you've got to get it growing. That's the dare you pass the cemetery. That's the dead yeah. centre of town. People are dying <laughs> to get in there. Yeah, that's right. There's a good Remember, I think sometimes we're subtle. Like uh, we have a sign, uh, we have a swimming pool at the back, and we have a sign. Of course, the classic jokey sign that says, "You know, no peeing in the pool." And then during swimming season, uh, every time I walk in, I make a point of looking at the sign. And, oh, too late. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever got a laugh out of them? No. no. <laughs> does they, he die, they... ladies and gentlemen? Does he die? No, he, no, he lives. And thank God it's Friday. We have uh, Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean, Tahir, and our wonderful audience. Thank you for coming. Yay! Now the... Only I've read Koshy's book. <laughs> Koshy's book. Yeah, if only he... I'd read Koshy's book. Hasn't he got a book of dad? I'm sure he has. Yes, I'm sure sure he has. He has. Uh, now, the Queensland town of Chinchilla, known as the melon capital of Australia, has become the has become home to the latest big thing. It's a four-ton, nine-metre-long watermelon. So far, most of the big things are either animals or, or things you eat, like watermelon. How could we broaden the big thing tradition, in particular suburbs and towns? Wendy, I would like to um, perhaps take a slightly different tack here. <laughs> I'm not even going to acknowledge this watermelon in Chinchilla as a big thing. I don't think it qualifies. <laughs> I don't think it's a big thing unless you can go up to the first floor for an all-you-can-eat menu in a revolving restaurant and see out the eyes. <laughs> that is my opinion right there. Now, so the watermelon's given you the pips, has it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's another dad joke. Come on. <laughs> but look, the thing about the watermelon is it's all watermelons are already big, right? If you're going to make a big watermelon, it's got to be really big, like as big as maybe, you know, the Death Star. That is a big watermelon, about 120K around, and there'd be a little train that takes you to the gift shop. See, this chinchilla thing doesn't even have a gift shop. And you would go into the gift shop and you would buy blow-up watermelon and balloon watermelon and watermelon jam and face cream and watermelon hats and little spoons and swim rings and packs of cards. That, my friends, is a big thing. And I am sick of people getting on this big thing bandwagon when it's only a slightly larger thing. (laughs) (laughs) Really. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good point. Have you worked out the the scale? The scale? (laughs) It's a nine metres, not enough. Nine, nine no, yeah, you know I mean, like, like a one to twelve. Star, 120 k's around. I don't know how, what the scale is. <laughs> the scale is, but of the, the big. one because I was always dismiss, uh, disappointed with the big banana. It, it felt yeah. like the big banana was very much a slightly larger. Yeah, I think so, slightly larger. It, it, it does look bigger if you're six. Hmm. It's the only thing I point out about the big banana. <laughs> but didn't True. the giant? And if they put and it down <laughs> next to that Dutch town that's tiny, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it. that's and where the big where you banana take should your photo be. It's over teeny tiny Dutch town. But didn't the Ram at Goulburn? Couldn't you actually go up inside and there and look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, go, you, you go up the bottom in yeah. Goulburn. Oh, you, you do. do. <laughs> you do. Yeah, well, see, that's a big thing. <laughs> and you got you got to push the dags to one side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you can buy things on the way. I um, 
I think it's very Australian. Look, I like this. If it helps more country towns get some publicity and tourism, why not? Mm. But I think we should extend this. Uh, I, I agree with the point. I, I think those chinchilla should be on board with those ideas. They're brilliant ideas. Oh, thank I, you I would very actually much. go thank there. You. Thank you. But we should extend this to the suburbs. Mm. Uh, for example, Bankstown, of course, you'd have the Big Kebab. <laughs> like, why not? Fantastic. Uh, Blacktown. The so the Big, big Kebab, does it, does it, because Wendy wanted something that spun. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's got to be able to go yeah, up to uh, the first floor, really. Absolutely. Like, it's massive, it spins, and all the uh, the garlic sauce comes over the side. Yeah. Um, and the kids can play around on that. No, you just actually um, put the whole, you know, the, the meat wheel, though. Not, the, not, yeah, a, yeah. not a complete yeah. kebab sandwich, like so just the, the giant wheel of meat. Like an actual <laughs> big kebab, like the. What's I the thing called? The meat thing. The tower of meat. The meat thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the meat thing. Well, I'm Turkish. I know what the, the thing's called. <laughs> but that, I mean, like, that would be awesome. It would yeah. be. Like, that big. And then, like, somebody uh, and rotating, would have to rotating go up just That's why I said it has to revolve. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a rule. And, 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 and then you have giant knives to cut off yeah. the. Uh, yeah. Plus, a giant guy with a mustache, authentic experience, who hasn't washed his hands, chicken beef or lamb. The whole. The whole authentic That's where the experience. flavor comes from, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but if you won't know, it's the hand. I would, I would have Eastern Suburbs, a big bag of cash. I'd love to see that. <laughs> the Northern Beaches, the big superior attitude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure you put that in the figure. Maybe a, a t- statue of Tony Abbott, I'm not sure. Um, Penrith, the big bong. Just ideas, just ideas. Um, Mount Druid, the big center link. Um, <laughs> hang on, that one already exists. And a, oh, edgy. Hashtag edgy. <laughs> with, a, with a big Tony Abbott, do you get to see out, so out of, through his eyes? See the world through his yeah, eyes? That could be, awesome. be really No, freaky. his ears in this particular case. From his ears, you can see forever. Yeah, that's yeah, they're slippery dips. That's a slippery dip. That's yeah, a perfect yeah. Yeah. Up and down. Yeah, like, up and down. Like, it's like a water slide. Brilliant. Yeah, mm, rawr, rawr, rawr. I think they should get them together, too, though. <laughs> if you had big things working together, like if like, somebody had like the big vodka bottle. And then that could eventually visit Chinchilla and then be put into the big watermelon <laughs> and you know, sort of infuse it. Yeah. Or, 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 like, bring all the fruits together and have the big fruit salad. <laughs> the big banana and the big watermelon and the big peach, they could all come together. The big cherry. Yeah, yeah, we, and the big buggy smugglers. Yeah. We well, really don't we... want to go in the buggy. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Going to go there. <laughs> and go then there. the big bouncer to cope co- with the big vodka bottle and yeah. the results. No, I kept big... wanting to say the big bogan, but I couldn't pick a suburb to assign it to. No, it already exists. What? The big bogan exists, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm sure it does. Sweet Jesus, I've already nailed it. <laughs> Someone's it's, got it already. It's Someone... in the Shire of Bogan, true yeah. story. And the yeah. city should have the big padlock. Mm. I think that'd be for good. the lockout laws. Yeah, for the lockout laws. There's a big padlock <laughs> on top. And everyone could go into it and not hear music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. And now Labor's Andrew Lee has suggested the establishment of an evaluator general who would assess any new government policy and subject it to rigorous cost-benefit analysis. Mm. What, what parts of your life could benefit from the work of an evaluator general and what would change as a result of a rational analysis mm. of the decisions you're making? Tahir. Uh, at first, I thought this was the elevator general. <laughs> it would give your life a lift. Yeah. Remember the guy who stood in, like, in, the, in the lifts? Yeah, what, third button? floor men's underwear at that time. What a pathetic job that was, wasn't yeah. it? Just, well, uh... someone had to drive the lift. <laughs> but but if... it would be probably a pretty good job for a politician, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, actually, Tahir, I actually had that job when Did I was you? at university in David Jones when they still had people in the uh, true story. And every, the only trouble about the job was quite a good job. The only trouble about the job is every single middle-aged dad yeah. came in and would look at me, I was sort of 19, and say, this is a bit of an up-and-down job. Oh, so. no. <laughs> and that's where it started. That's where it started. And, and you had to pretend to laugh. That was the dad jokes. Here we go. It would be like 40 times a day. <laughs> it was cruel. It's like the old joke, like, you know, the, oh, he's, my dad used to be a taxi driver. He quit. He got sick and tired of people talking behind his back. <laughs> Dad joke again. Like, oh, anyway, like anyway how would your life be changed by Get in, me out of in, here. In help, if general. there's anyone from Amnesty International listening, I'm in a studio. <laughs> you want to lift back to the, You want to lift back to the beaches? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Uh, the uh, yeah. evaluator general, uh, if you're going to use one, make sure it is a general, not the uh, captain or the sergeant. And um, I think I could use one with finance. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I have actually no game plan. I just spend willy-nilly. And um, if you've, I don't know if you've been to a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the worst thing ever. I'm not even sure this because this job didn't exist like many years ago, but this is sort of advice you get mm-hmm. from a financial advisor. 
um, it says what you're doing is you're spending more yeah. than what you're earning. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what should I do? Yeah. Spend less. <laughs> That'd be five thousand dollars. <laughs> that is. That is clearly a terrible financial advisor when the advice should be earn more. Yeah. Earn more, yeah, be positive. Joe Hockey would tell you yeah, that. Just say, go Joe get, a better, get a better job. How would, your life, how would your life change? Uh, well, Wendy? I mean, I stopped going to the movies. If you look at the cost benefit analysis here, what's happening is it's um, I'm walking to the movie, paying a poultice for the ticket, sitting down and falling asleep. So it's, uh, you know, costing a lot for no benefit. But if you look at something that's all, that no cost and all benefit, it's thank God it's Friday. That's right. Yay! Tickets, very reasonably priced. Although considering the dad jokes they've been subjected to, they yeah, should well, get danger that. money, actually. <laughs> Tell me, how would your life change? It would be handy to have in the fruit and veg section of the shopping. That's the, the, the hardest part, I think, to work out. Because, uh, you know, you want celery. Celery is a fantastic thing to add to soups and stews and occasionally eat with peanut butter on the side, but nobody needs a whole one. Uh, so just have them explain that you can't buy the whole celery. Or uh, the evaluator general could evaluate how many of my neighbours were planning on having a stew within three days. That I could co-op out my celery stalks. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you just, can make a profit. On like, or even like a little tap on the shoulder. No, two avocados is the limit. <laughs> no one ever gets to the third one before it grows brown. You, again, <laughs> you need a worm to. farm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. Eight bananas, I think four. <laughs> Oranges, get as many as you want. They last forever. <laughs> Who are the winners and losers? Tahir. Uh, my winner, of course, is um, Special Olympics. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador. They just announced a Roar and Saw Festival celebrating International Day of People with a Disability. It's at Sydney Motor, uh, Motorsport Parkway, Sunday, December 9. <laughs> it's action packed. Kids love it, and it's for free. It's free again. Value. Wow. Um, loser, French president moron. Build the bridge, get over yourself. All right, there you go. Oh, Wendy. Wendy. Oh, well, uh, the uh, loser of the week is the 35-year-old Japanese man who, this is true, married a computer-generated hologram, invited 40 guests to an $18,000 wedding, and the winner of the week is his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Very quickly, Tommy. Tommy, quickly. Uh, the big loser of the week is uh, the big K, the kilogram. Oh, yeah. uh, the big lump of kilo metal is being ousted for physics. Yeah, because it's losing weight. Losing weight. <laughs> Which means that we're all getting lighter all by getting the day. Lighter. I all knew that diet was going to work finally. <laughs> uh, please thank Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean and Tahir. Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday. Next week we have Ben Jenkins, Jennifer Wong and Tommy will be back. Music from Abby Dobson next week from Leonardo's Bride. Until then, I'm Richard Glover and thank God it's Friday! Yeah.